series on teachability. And so last week we began this series talking about correction and teachability, instruction, advice, and, and how to really benefit from that um, in life. And it's a very difficult thing to do, to grow from input, advice, even, even criticism. But there's ways to grow and learn that I want to address this morning as we, as we look at this. Let's pray together. That was the song we just sang, real powerful song, describing uh, a scene from Isaiah chapter 6. So let's pray as we just kind of continue on. Father, thank you for the truth we just sang. You're holy. You're worthy of all of our praise. And just as that prophet who, who you, um, you know, had to write those words down of that scene in heaven, Lord, um, was recognizing that in your presence he could just recognize how unholy and unclean and sinful he was. Lord, we can all identify with that because we recognize all of us, every single one of us, has gone our own way in life, has tried to do life independent from you, and has in many ways made a mess of things. God, I just pray that though many of us are here and we um, we fear being in your presence because of our own just sins and struggles. Lord, I pray that just as you cleansed that the prophet Isaiah, Lord, that we would experience that as well. That, you'd, that we would find forgiveness in you and cleansing from you. And that you would send us out, Lord, to do your work in this world. That you'd use each one of us to do the work you have uh, given to us. Lord, both in our lives and our careers and then uh, for you to advance your name. So we just thank you for this time. We thank you for the, the songs we've sung to be able to worship you. I pray that right now you just would provide just freedom to, to hear from you as we look in your word and really try to draw some truth um, out and put it into practice in our lives. We pray that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, we're looking at work this morning. How does teachability impact our work? Teachability means... If you're able and willing to be taught, that's a teachable person. Someone who's able and willing to be taught. That applies to all sorts of areas, but certainly it applies to our work. Um, all of us would like to be the type of employee that, if you are an employee, you'd like to be the type of employee that companies, they, they really would do anything to have you on their staff. Well, none of us want to wonder if, or would, you know, if tomorrow you show up at work and you're going to lose your job. Nobody wants to be in that position. Everyone wants to be the guy or the gal that, that everybody wants working for them. Now, if you're, a, if, you're an em, if you're an employer and you own the company, then you want to be the kind of employee that everyone wants to work for. You want people who are like, man, I, gotta, I want to work for that person. I, I'd like them to be my boss. I'd like to be developed by them. And so I want to look at how does teachability impact us on the job. It may just sound like a helpful idea to be teachable in your spiritual life, but it has broad application. It, it affects your career more than, you, more than you may think. So look at the top of your listing guy. Why do you think people hire you? Why do you think people hire you? Well, they need you to do something. They, some activity or some task needs to be done. For all of our work, something needs to be accomplished. Reports need to be run. Parts need to be ordered. Some parts need to be removed and installed. Depending on what you do, there's certain tasks you're doing. Lessons, units, concepts needed to be instructed. 
Deals need to be closed. Merchandise needs to be moving off the shelf, then restocked. Forms need to be completed. Injuries need to be treated. There's all of these different processes that we do on the job. But the bottom line for all of our work, people hire you, why? To do a job. They've hired you to do something. This is why we all, if you're an employee, you've been hired to do a job. To perform some task or duty. And if you're an employer, if you are the boss, the business owner, why do you hire people? Well, ultimately, you hire people because something needs to be done. You hire people to do some work for you in that business. Uh, you probably did not start, if you're, a, if you're a business owner, you probably didn't start your business in order to hire and develop people. That was probably not your intention for starting a business. I want to hire people, and then I want to develop them. No, behind most businesses, and the motivation behind it is, is the profit. It's going to earn, you're going to earn some profit. Now, you can use that profit for some good things. You can also use that profit for, for some really selfish things. But behind, you know, businesses, the goal is to make a profit. So if you are a business owner, you know, you hit a point where on your own you just can't, you know, make the profit you think you could be making in your business, then you hire some more employees who will work in your business to help you increase profit. They'll, they'll work for you. They'll do certain things. And if you're an employee, though, back to the employee, if you work for, for someone, then your job description has three parts. It really These three parts are something you need to keep in mind. Number one is to help the overall organization succeed. This all ties in. You'll see how in a moment. But part of all of our <laughs> jobs is this responsibility for each worker. You need to help the, the thing go forward. You need to help advance the cause. You need to help advance, make profit, drive forward the mission, serve the customer. Everybody has that on your job description. It may not, it may not be spelled out just like this, but there is this implication there. The employer wants to know that, that you're helping the overall company move forward. second thing is on our job description, all of us are there to strengthen our work team. We're supposed to help strengthen our coworkers, our, our, even our leaders. If, we have, if we're middle management, we're, we're supposed to help strengthen the whole thing by our attitude, by, by our performance, through all of our interactions, our work patterns. The goal behind all of that is that our work team would actually benefit because we're there. I mean, that's part of it. It's implied in your job description that you're going to help build morale. Companies work, they spend lots of money on how do they build morale. They do team exercise. They bring in consultants to try to help the workforce um, you know, learn how to, how to work in unity. The third, the third part of our task or our job description is to perform your specific job task well. We actually have to do our individual work well. We have to be performing well. On all levels, all three of these things need to happen. The organization needs to move forward. The team should be strengthened, and then we need to do our own job well. Here's the reality. If you're failing at even one part, then your boss is going to correct you. Even one part. If any of these three things slip, you're going to be corrected. And that that's actually could be a good thing. If you profit from the correction, whether that's a conversation, whether you get written up, but if you profit from the correction, you will do well. Your, your family will do well. You'll do well in the long run. You don't have to worry about... You're, you, you know, you, you can do less worrying about your long-term job security in that location if you're the kind of person that profits from correction. But if you react to correction, 
whether it's externally or internally, if you react and do not change, eventually you're going to lose your job. Eventually, if you're an unteachable person, you're not going to be working there very long. Your career is going to really struggle. And this morning we're going to look at how does correction really pay off? What is correction? How does it pay off? Correction involves, really, there's three Old Testament ideas that I want to focus on this morning. Three types of correction. The first one we began looking at last week. It's, it's a strong reprimand known as corrective instruction. It's a strong reprimand, a rebuke. It's like your boss, your supervisor, they come in with some strong words, some strong language, and they instruct you on how things are going to go if you're going to succeed in this company. This is how it's going to work in this business. This is how it's going to work if you're going to be a part of this staff. You're going to need to do things in this way. Corrective instruction has a strong and serious tone about it. It's like, wow, this person really means business. What they're trying to do, though, is they're trying to create an excellent employee. They want you to grow. It doesn't always feel that way. Oftentimes when we receive serious instruction, a warning, or just, hey, this is how you're going to do the job if you're going to work here, oftentimes we think, well, I didn't really like it the way that they delivered it. You could have said it a little nicer to me. But we have to keep in mind, man, this serious instruction, it's intended to develop us. Here's a video uh, clip from the movie called The Pursuit of Happiness. This is a group of interns trying to land a job in this company. There's one job for all these interns. Okay? And so this, this higher-up boss is, is telling them, this is how it's going to work here. This is how you're going to stay here. This is how you're going to get a job here. And he's very serious and he's strong. Now, some of us, picture yourself in the, in the bunch of interns and, and want, ask yourself, could I deal with that kind of pressure? It's not actually that strong, but could you deal with this kind of pressure? Let's go ahead and roll that clip. This part of my life is called internship. 1200 building is Medley Industrial and Sanko Oil. The building across the street is Lee Ray Shipping. In a couple of weeks, you'll get call sheets with the phone numbers of employees from every Fortune 500 company in the financial district. You will be pulling from 60 Fortune companies. You will mainly be cold calling potential clients. But if you have to have lunch with them, have breakfast with them, if you even have to babysit for them, you will do whatever it takes to familiarize them with our packages. We need you to match their needs and goals to one of our many financial plans. In essence, you reel them in, we'll cook the fish. Some of you guys are here because you know somebody. Some of you guys are here because you think you're somebody. There's one guy in here who's going to be somebody. That person's going to be the guy who can turn this into this, 800000 in commission dollars. You, you, help me hand these out. This is going to be your Bible. You'll eat with it. You'll drink it with it. It was simple. X number of calls equals X number of prospects. X number of prospects equals X number of customers. X number of customers equals X number of dollars in the company's pocket. Your board exam. Last year, we had an intern score on 96.4% on the written exam. He wasn't chosen. It's not a simple pass-fail. It's an evaluation tool we use to separate applicants. Be safe. Score 100. Now, how would you, how would you do in that company? I mean, would you be able to, to excel and, and stay there long-term? I mean, that's, that's not too strong. In every successful company, there's... Probably at least one person like this who's, who's, you know, if correction is needed, this guy comes in and he, he has the hard talk. 
he lacks emotion. He just this is just business. This is how it's going to be done here. If you don't want to do this work in this way, then you're not going to be working here very long. At times, corrective instruction is needed. And some of us, we just can't we can't deal with even a serious talk like that. We push back on that. Proverbs one seven says, "The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline." The, what this verse in the Bible is saying is that there's a, there's a reactionary type of person that cannot receive certain things. The fool, it says, despises wisdom. This is really talking in, in our spiritual lives. Foolish people just react because they're stubbornly convinced that their own way is the right way. And so foolish people, they despise wisdom, someone who understands how life really works from God's point of view. They also despise discipline. Corrective instruction. That's where the word comes from, discipline. Anytime someone actually is having a serious talk with them, trying to instruct them in the way, they just they despise it. They, they react to it. But correction, it involves, at times, corrective instruction. Another thing is it involves helping one improve. Different Hebrew word, just it literally means to put things straight. It's kind of like you were doing things, but they weren't quite right. You got them done, but they weren't quite right right or the way that they should have been done and so someone comes along and instructs Proverbs 4, 1 and 2 listen my son to a father's instruction this is that term, pay attention and gain understanding I give you sound learning so do not forsake my teaching, it's like sometimes in life you get something slightly wrong on the job or in life and then someone comes alongside you in order to get you moving in the right direction to help you improve they, they kind of, they say you know you did it but it's kind of, the line is off let me help you correct the line. Let me help you straighten things out. Correction involves this at times. Just people are going to come alongside us and try to help us improve. Our supervisors, our boss. And if, if you don't respond well to that, you're not going to last in that company. I'm sure we've all had people do this to us. Come alongside and just... And sometimes it's gracious, the way that they help us improve, and other times it's not been the most gracious conversation. And we feel like, man, that was hard. That was harsh. Here's another thing. Correction also involves just advice. Different Hebrew term means just to give advice. This looks like, hey, don't do that. Do it this way. I saw you. I've been watching you work. I've been seeing you use that tool. That's actually not the way you use the tool. Yeah, sure, it gets done, but here's the better way to use that tool. And I've seen you try to close these, these deals, and I've been watching you do your job in this way. Here, let me show you a better way. Anytime someone comes alongside us and says, here's a better way, um, and they start giving us advice, again, some of us, we just push back on advice. How dare he? Who do they think they are? Here's another video clip. This is from along the lines of advice. Um, not so much on the job. This is the interaction between two penguins. Two penguins. One is a young maverick surfing like budding new surfer, Cody Maverick, and then a surfing legend, Big Z. And Big Z is trying to advise this young penguin on how to really surf the waves, how to shape a surfboard. And, and this is a good example of giving and receiving advice, but you can see some of the ways that we respond. He starts out with a real desire to learn from this person, but it quickly changes. Also, the person giving advice, you know, he needs to change his approach up a little bit as well. So take, take a look and... Picture yourself when advice is coming your way. I hold it steady. This is a dream come true. 
This is a dream come true here to be here with Z doing this. And it's coal wood, which all the best boards are made from coal wood. All right, now, I drew this pattern as a guide. Now, do you want to have your board with a lot of rocker or just a little? Uh, I don't know. I guess I'd oh, like... What you what you want is something in between. Trust me, I'm the expert here, okay? Okay. So, um, here are your shaping tools. Now, remember, the board's already inside there, see, somewhere. And what you're doing is you're trying to find it. I'll reveal it. Okay. Right? Okay. All right. Every carp counts. Why are you smiling? Don't smile. I'm not, I'm not smiling. I'm just, you know, I'm excited. This isn't like hacking a piece of ice. You know, it takes patience and finesse. All right already. I'm trying. Can you just give me the tools, please? Sheesh. All right, here, take it. Take okay. It. Go ahead. Thank you. Here we go. What are you doing? Oh. You... Look, if you're going to do it, you do it right. All right, look. First of all, with the grain. With the grain. You see what I'm doing here? You let the tool do the work, you see? Just like you're riding a wave. You let the wave do the work. You don't fight the wave. You can't fight these big waves, Code. Long strokes. Loads of finesse. Find the board within the tree. Nice and easy. Yeah, I got it. See that? You just... Just... Maybe I could do it now, okay? With... With the... Can I do it now? Can I do it now? Yeah. I <clears throat> got carried away. Sorry about that. It's your board. My board. Okay, with the grain. I got it. Don't so, forget to eyeball it. I got once it. Once in a while. Okay, long strokes with the grain. Not too long. <sighs> Here we go. You're doing it wrong. Will you just, will no, you just, will no, you just let me, I can't, I no finesse when you're in my face, okay? Just let me make the board. Do you want my help? Do I, no, I don't want your help. I don't want your help. Oh, you don't want my I help? I don't want your help. Oh, okay? all right, fine. fine. I just want to make my board. Build the board yourself, man, all right? Thank fine. you, thank you. I don't care what the board looks like. You're the one who's got to ride the game. Fine, I'll, thank you. In there somewhere, Jeez. go find it. Walk over there, please. Please. Don't cut yourself. Big Z, the experienced legendary surfer, he's, he actually cares about this young guy, but he's going to give his advice in his own way. He's going to do it his way. And this young guy who has things to learn, he could have taken more of the advice if he just kept patient, but he, he was getting frustrated. Now, you know, the, the old... You know, crusty surfer probably could have changed his approach as well. But it's a good picture of how when advice is coming, if we don't remain patient, if we if we start thinking, man, I want it to come my way, I need to be delivering this advice in my way, then we just we, we shut off the flow oftentimes of the advice that we could be receiving. Advice in Scripture often looks like this. It's this idea of better. There's a better way. Better a little with the fear of the Lord than great wealth with turmoil. Better a meal of vegetables where there is love than a fattened calf with hatred. Our way or our current plan methods, they just seem right until someone comes alongside and points out, hey, there's a better way of doing this. Our bosses do this all the time. Our bosses come alongside us and they may correct 
using one of these different corrective methods. It might be serious, strong corrective instruction. It might be, they might straighten things out and show us exactly what we've done wrong. Or they may say, hey, yeah, you're doing it right, but here's a, you're doing it one way, but here's a, here's a better way of doing it. We need to be willing to take the input in the different ways that correction may come if we want to remain employed. That, that impacts us long-term. That impacts our family long-term. Before we founded this church, I was on a staff at another church, and I would be corrected at, at points just in the course of doing my job in order to improve you know, work patterns and effectiveness. And, and I had to keep in mind that my supervisor, who was my senior pastor at the time, that he really cared. He wanted to develop me. I had to keep in mind that though this might hurt my pride, if I react, it's not going to go well. And so I'd try to stuff down my pride because I'd have to keep in mind, he's trying to help me out. He's really trying to help me develop that. We have to respond that way. Now, I haven't always responded that way on the job working for him. I know at times when I, I would react externally and then I'd have another correction. We've all probably been there in those points. When, when I was on a sales staff, before I was in full-time ministry, if my sales were up and things were going well, I was meeting quotas for the company. If the boss ever called me into his office, I'm thinking, man, I'm going to get a raise or I'm going to get a, you know, he's just going to pat me on the back. He's going to cheer me on. And if he ever said, hey, I think you could do this a little bit differently and get even more sales, I'd be like, what? I'm already, I'm beyond the quota. I'm already doing, well, again, depending on our response to input or advice, you know, we may shut off possibility of really growing. All the men who spoke this summer in, in the church, we had five or six different guys share in the last message series. And before they delivered their messages to all of you here in the congregation, um, I asked them to all give that message to our staff. And so they had to preach a message before a, a small group of guys, and they had to just allow everyone to give them input. And so they would deliver a message to a small group of guys, and we'd, we'd give them input, feedback, advice, any, any correction, anything like that. Well, advice, it can be our friend. The reason we did that is because we wanted them to, to give the very best message possible to all of you. And that's just how life works. If we want to grow, we need input. We need feedback. Don't forget, Scripture says that correction is the path to wisdom. This is what we looked at last week. Correction is, is, is how you grow to be wise. Meaning that there is no other way. You do not just sit on a staff. You don't just sit in a company undisturbed year after year after year and grow more effective in a job. It doesn't happen. Age does not improve uh, quality of work when it's just left undisturbed like that. You know, certain things age with, you know, better with time. A, a bottle of wine, it, you know, it's supposed to age over time. But for people, it's different. It's really age plus teachability is really what pays off. It's age plus teachability. Through the years, as you grow older, grow more teachable as well. Proverbs 8.33, listen to my instruction and be wise. Do not ignore it. You don't ignore instruction. That's the path of wisdom. Therefore, we need to welcome instruction. But let's face it, correction hurts. It it hurts any time someone gives us advice because it means we're not doing it quite right or or someone corrects something slightly or has a serious... It hurts. There's reasons why it hurts. First, we think we're great, don't we? We think we're great, we're perfect, we think we've got nothing wrong. Now, this is, not, this is all of us here. So feel at home. We all think we're great. We all think we've got nothing wrong. 
in, in a sermon where Jesus is pointing this out, he's not talking about work patterns, but he's talking about judging others and how quick we are to judge others. He says this. He basically says we can easily see the flaws, the mistakes, the problems, the growth areas in other people, and we're blind to our own. Jesus says this. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye? He's like, you can see this tiny speck that's in their eye, but you pay no attention to the plank that's in your own eye. How can you say to your brother, here, let me help you take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? See, this is, he exaggerates this point to really drive home how our view of ourselves can be quite inflated. We think we're great. And so when someone comes along and starts instructing us for a better way, we think, what do they know? This is, this is critical. For all areas, for all types of work, for me, in, in the job that I do as a pastor, it's, it's when we started this church, I was 30. I'm 36 now. And it's not uncommon for me to meet people in the congregation who are brand new or a few weeks, and I'll meet them. Someone will, someone will say, hey, I want to introduce you to Pastor Josh. And I'll be like, hey, and I don't throw my title out there to, to most anybody anyway. But if someone says, hey, I want you to meet Pastor Josh, and I, I be Pastor Josh for a moment, and I am Josh. And they're like, oh, okay, nice to meet you. So who's the, the real pastor here? Because <laughs> I'm young. When we started, I was 30, and so I'd meet people much, much older than me. They want to meet the real pastor. And I'd be like, well, I'll let you know when I find him. But <laughs> this is who we got. So what I've had to do, my desire, and probably your desire too, is that I'd stay connected to mentors, that I'd stay connected to people much older than me who have way more experience than me. Because I, I understand there's gaps in my leadership, and, and I need to keep growing. And so what I, what I try to do, and what you need to try to do in your type of work is you want to get close to people who have experience, who are wise in your type of work, and you can stand on their shoulders. They've had successes, they've had failures that they're willing to share with you, and you can listen, you can learn if you're willing to be teachable, if you'll receive correction. It's very, very important. If you're in the people-helping business, you know, this is the point here is that if you're young, you have much to learn. You have just, you know, depending on how old you are, if you're my age or younger, or even just a few years older, you still have a lot to learn. There's people that can share with you. If you're in the people-helping business, so if people come to you for advice, if you're a counselor, if you're a social worker, if you're the person that, that usually people go to for help and for answers, don't think that that means you need to stop learning just because you have people lining up to, to get advice from you. Just keep getting advice. There's still more to learn. And if you're older, the truth is, things change, don't they? If you're older, and I'll let you figure out what younger and older means. I'm not going to give like the, the years. But if you're older, things change. You might have been working in your industry for 30 years, 35 years, but the truth is that equipment changes. Technology continues to change, and so there's probably all sorts of ways that that impacts your job. And so keep open to correction through the years of your life. Keep open to instruction, even from those people who are younger than you, who understand the changes and who are there to explain the change to you. Don't, don't react to, to instruction that comes your way if you're older. You need to learn as well. Ultimately, correction hurts because of this. Because we are all proud and arrogant all of our lives. The Scripture hammers on over and over. 
says this. This is the evil in everything. It's Ecclesiastes 9.3. This is the evil in everything that happens under the sun. The same destiny overtakes all. One man is making an observation about all of life and all of people, and he says, the hearts of men, or mankind can be translated, the hearts of men, moreover, are full of evil, and there is madness in their hearts while they live, and afterward they join the dead. That word madness there, the Hebrew, the word is haolela. It sounds an awful lot like hallelujah. Hallelujah is a, it's a term, you might sing it, it means praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Haolela means to praise myself. It's self-praise. It's exalting ourself above all others. This is what we struggle with. In our hearts is this thing called madness. Self-praise. All of our lives. We don't ever conquer our pride and our arrogance. Narcissism is the term that originated with Narcissus. In Greek mythology, who, who fell in love with, with his own image reflected in a pool of water. He fell in love with himself. And I think the myth goes that someone was pursuing him, wanted his attention. Just a myth, okay? So just track with me. There was another Greek god that was pursuing him, goddess, I guess, and pursuing him. And he was so infatuated with his own image that he just died there and somehow turned into a flower. Now that's the flower Narcissus, I was told by someone last service. So, But this were the, and apparently, catch this, the flower, do you know what it does? It droops down because it, it's looking at itself because of how pretty it is. Now see, this is something that we're all plagued with for all of our lives. From the best to the worst of society, we all think way too highly of ourselves. And so anytime input is coming our way, we just, we just react. So when, you know, whenever you receive correction, just keep in mind, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a proud person. I'm an arrogant person. probably need to hear this. God says this, that I'm going to battle with this. I need to learn to receive this type of input. If, you're, if you are the employer, if you're the company owner, there are times when you need to correct. So let's talk about when, when is correction needed. Number one, correction is needed when performance is poor. The, the job's not getting done. The tasks are left half done. If processes are being ignored, if deadlines are not being met, then correction is definitely needed. If you're an employee and you're not doing things well, if your performance is poor, you can count on a conversation with a supervisor. It's coming. Another thing is if discernment is lacking, meaning a person's not reading a situation all that well. They just, they, they're kind of unclear on some things, and so they make poor decisions. They have bad discernment. That, that person needs correction as well. They need someone to clue them in on what's really going on. They need to be able to discern the situation. They're not being discriminate. They, they, they basically, they co- it's costing the company money to have people who have low discernment. So correction is coming. Another thing is people are acting wrongly. This can show up in all sorts of ways. One is attitude, probably the most common on the job for us. We have a bad attitude. We have sour attitude. We're lazy. We get defensive. We get apathetic. We can get arrogant. All of our attitudes, what they can do is they create a toxic environment that we bring into the workplace that now everybody in the workforce has to deal with. And like I said, the second part of our job description is to actually strengthen our work team. So if some of our attitudes are off, well, it spoils the work team. So again, you're going to be corrected. The boss, if you are the boss, you need to address attitudes. Another thing is dress. It's not an insult if someone corrects your attire. If someone sees the need to do it, then 
just listen and respond appropriately. Or relational interactions. Count on a conversation with your boss if you're struggling to really get along with others. If your relationships in the workforce are not good, no doubt it'll be dealt with. The last one is if people are ineffective or inefficient. Business management expert Peter Drucker, he said, I don't know if I put the quote up here, but he said, effectiveness is doing the right things. So sometimes the, the boss comes alongside and he just he helps us be more effective in what we're doing because we, we like to do our things that we, man, this is my stuff, I do well. well supervisor, the boss, they reserve the right to, to rearrange your priorities, rearrange your focus for the work week if they see fit. For bosses, Scripture says this, correction is best received when it's offered in love. If you're a boss, if you offer correction in love, that really helps. This Ephesians 4.15 is a verse not about work, it's about church life and relationships within the church. But look at what, he, what Paul writes to the church in modern day Turkey. He said, instead, instead speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. See, Paul's saying in the church, people grow up, they mature, they kind of... Ladies blossom. I'm not going to say guys blossom. So ladies blossom in an environment where there's truth in love. That's how people mature. That's how people really grow up into the person God wants us to be. It's through speaking the truth in love. The environment is a loving environment, but truth is not held back. Truth needs to be given at times. But if you take just truth, heavy truth, and you you remove love, uh, people don't tend to thrive in that kind of an environment. We need both truth and love. Also, correction is best received when it's done in private. If you need to talk to someone, if you need to instruct someone, if, you, if it's your responsibility, don't let them have it in front of the whole work team. Pull them aside, talk to them in private. Matthew 18, 15. Again, it's, it's not about work. It's about personal interactions within the church, but it applies as well. If your brother sins against you, someone needs to be confronted, you go and show him his fault just between the two of you. If he listens to you, you've won your brother over. It needs to be done on private. You don't do it on Facebook. You don't reprimand an employee on Facebook. Employee number. Employee in the blue cubicle. You know, I don't know what that means. But employee that, you know, there's all those subliminal, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Childish? Games on Facebook. And so instead, you know, we do it in private. You talk to someone in private. In church life, even in the business world, there is an appropriate time to correct someone before the whole group. Scripture actually in the next few verses it talks about bringing another person or bringing it to the church, but that's a more serious situation. Most of the time things can just be handled one-on-one. But people's reactions to correction vary. Anytime we're corrected, we respond in different ways. Some people react to correction, correction through crying. The boss calls you in, you just you lose it. Maybe you burst into tears because you know what they're saying is true and you realize... You let the company down. Maybe you have a lot of respect for your boss. And you feel like, man, I really blew it. And so there's remorse, real sorrow there. Other times, the tears come and maybe it's just a game. You're thinking, if I cry, maybe he'll, he'll leave me alone or maybe he'll go away. It could be maybe a manipulative game to get the person to back off the correction. That's, that's one approach to correction is just cry. Another approach or response to correction is anger, self-justification, fighting. You slug your boss. You get in a fight. You talk back, you tell them off, whatever. As soon as you choose any of those paths, you slam the door for your success shut. 
because your reputation just tends to follow you, doesn't it? Eventually. You have to really watch the reactions to correction. Instead, be a learner. Or deceit. Sometimes we respond to correction through just lying, pretending, I don't know, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I, yeah, I see what it says, but I, I don't... I, deceit, lying. Eventually, it all kind of comes out. Everything gets revealed. The best way to respond to correction is here. Correction pays off. It really pays when you listen, when you explore, and then respond. Anytime you're corrected, find out how to improve. Consider, okay, this may be true. I'm going to seriously consider it. I'm going to take it to heart. I'm going to, I'm going to zip my lips for a moment. I'm going to listen. I'm going to take notes, and I'm going to explore it. I might explore it with someone else. If you're married, maybe say, you know, hey, boss told me that I'm, you know, I'm showing up late. I'm kind of being lazy on some things. I'm, I'm not handling things. Do you think that might be true? <laughs> or, hey, boss says I'm, not, I'm talking too much at work and I'm not accomplishing many things. Do you think that, you know, maybe exploring that with someone else who has interaction, enough interaction with you might be able to even shed some more light on the situation. But explore it. Take it to heart. Take it to the Lord. Take it to heart and see what God shows you through it. Proverbs 19.20, listen to advice. It's kind of a theme verse for this series. Listen to advice and accept instruction, and in the end, you will be wise. Our long-term career it, it, is tied to teachability. It's tied to it. If we want to grow, if we want to provide for our families and for ourselves through the years, we need to grow more teachable. It pays off, really pays off. I want to invite Cody and the worship team to come back up and for our ushers to go ahead and prepare to receive this morning's offering. One more verse I want to read to you. It's up here on the screens. Colossians chapter 3. If you're a Christ follower, then you actually work to a higher standard just because you belong to Jesus. So this is what it reads. Slaves, that's really all of us. It means employees for us nowadays. But to then, slaves, masters, Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything. And do it not only when their eye is on you and to win their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. Why? Because it is the Lord Christ that you are serving. You see, Jesus elevates our work to a noble level. We recognize He's really our boss. I work unto Him in all that I do. So on the job, receiving correction, input, instruction, it really, to go around that is also to kind of try to move around for instruction that God is, is trying to send your way through your boss. He, he's working through channels of authority in our lives. We find that out. He works through channels of authority. And so it's important to listen to, to those who are trying to lead you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank You for... Your word, thank you for your love, your great love for us. Thank you for rescuing us, Lord, making a way for us to know you. Lord, thank you for the instruction that you give us in the Bible that we can grow through the years. Lord, correction is probably one of the more difficult areas in life receiving advice, getting input, being corrected. But Lord, we need it. That's 
Scripture says it's, the, it's, it's how you get wisdom. Lord, we, we desire that. We want to know how life really works. We want to do life your way. So God, we just pray that we would learn to be receptive to the input that our bosses, that our supervisors are giving. And Lord, if, if there are people here that, that are business owners, that manage others, Lord, I pray that they would also see the opportunity to, to lead a staff in a very different way. I pray that, that you would give them a, a sense of, of purpose in developing people, in helping people grow, in being willing to have difficult talks for the sake of that individual. Lord, I pray that you would you'd really work in that way. And Lord, for our church, I just pray that in our church that we would be growing into more and more a group of people who make you look attractive to the world that's watching. Lord, that the quality of our work, our response to correction, our interaction with coworkers, our interaction with our bosses, or with our employees, Lord, I pray that that, that would really communicate our, that we're connected to you, that we work to a different standard. I pray that that would really shine through our lives. Also pray for our offering, Lord. Thank you for the way you provided in all of our lives. Just pray that as we give back to you, Lord, you'd be pleased with it, pleased with our heart to give. And Lord, as, we, as we're faithful, Lord, to give, I pray that you would just continue to take care of us. Lord, help us to be faithful stewards all you've entrusted to us. Thank you for this church and for each person here. In Jesus' name, amen. You want to wrap up filling this card out? On the back, you'll see there's some next steps. There's three up here that that you might check out. Verse to memorize or to meditate on. Mediate. Meditate. Ask your boss to help you identify a current area of growth. That's a scary thing to do. Talk to your boss. What do you see that I need to grow in? But be open to the input or ask a former boss about your response to correction. Hey, in times that you tried to correct me, how'd that go? How did I receive that? Uh, Those types of questions and conversations will benefit your career for years. That'll benefit your family for years if you're willing to learn. So I encourage you to take those steps. Let's go ahead and receive this morning's offering. You can also drop this connection card in the basket as it comes by.